Thank you for connecting with Victory Church. We say hello to our viewers and listeners, and this is our worship service number 124, February 10, 2019. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your love and your mercy. We thank you for this new day of life. We thank you, Lord, that we are alive, and we thank you, Lord, for the privilege of knowing you, Lord. You are amazing, Lord, and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Today I want to give honor to our Lord for the life of my mother-in-law. Mama Tina went to heaven last Tuesday while we were doing our Bible study here in Victory Church. She was called to the presence of our Lord and uh, I'm very grateful that I had the privilege of spending time with her. Tracy is in Dallas area with her, her family and uh, she's watching, so sweetheart, we are praying for you and your family, and we remember your mother forever. She will be in our hearts.
my strength when I am weak You are the treasure that I seek You are my all in all Seeking you as a precious jewel Lord, to give up I'll be a fool You are my all in Of living color, 
flashes of lightning, rolls of thunder. Blessing, honor, strength, and glory and power be to you, the only wise King. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Creation, I sing praise to the King of Kings. You are my everything, and I will adore you. I will adore you, Lord. Your name is power, breath, and living water. Such a marvelous mystery. Yeah. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. With all creation I sing, the King of Kings, you are my everything, I love you. Father, this is the great moment, the awesome, fabulous, unique, intimate time between you, Lord God Almighty, and us, your church, in the midst of a worship service, Lord. Here we are. As we present ourselves, Lord, with so much gratitude and devotion to you, Lord, we acknowledge, Lord, that you are the king of the universe, that you are the authority in our lives, that you reign and rule this world, our lives, in the future. Thank you, Father, that we can come to you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for that sacrificial death of your son, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that through that and your forgiveness, we can experience eternal life and we can be here, Lord, grateful, appreciating, Lord, your mercies. We want to ask you, Lord, to pour out more of your Holy Spirit in this very moment, Lord, please, in this very moment, that we may experience, Lord, the glory of your goodness, your Holy Spirit, descending upon us and we can feel your presence Lord how you are filling our hearts you are filling us Lord with your holy presence and you are giving us Lord the peace that we need you are giving us Lord the strength that we need and you are giving us Lord also the healing the healing Lord in our emotions the healing in our minds, the healing in our bodies, the healing in our families, the healing in our finances, because you are the healer. You are the one who restores us, Lord. You can restore us, Lord, and you are doing that restoration. And we thank you, Father, for that. Empower us, Lord, to do your will this week, that we will work and serve, trusting in you, Lord. And we thank you, Father, for who you are. In the name of Jesus, Lord. Amen.
kings in my lifetime. You know, it is interesting when you think about a king and the function of a king in our lives. And so many people are thinking today, well, we have a democratic system. This is not a place where there is a king ruling. Well, politically speaking, we agree on that. But we know that spiritually, there is a king. And I want to discuss with you this concept of how in our lifetime we worship some kings. Unfortunately, we do that. It is not what the Lord wants us to do, but it happens. I would like to start by reading with you this passage in the scripture in the book of Exodus chapter 20, verses 2 and 3. We read in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All together we say, I am the Lord your God. I am the one who freed you from the land where you were slaves. You must not worship any other gods except me. Amen. Do you know who wrote the book of Exodus? Moses. Moses did that. I want to take you in a quick journey. If you uh, are so kind to take a look of your bulletin, I will appreciate that you will come with me to this graph. And for our viewers, I want to invite you to go to the link that is uh, right now in the bottom of the screen, vchurch.us forward slash bulletins. And then you will pick the bulletin of this service. You can download it in, in your telephone, in your Android phone, or iPhone, iPad, tablet, uh, your computer. It doesn't matter. Just feel free to download it so you will have access to it. And then as a PDF file, you can just write your notes using your electronic devices or print it as well as we do here in the church. All right, so let's see what uh, the screen is showing us today. Moses uh, was the person that the Lord used to reveal the laws and the commandments. And uh, actually, he was the one who was used by the Lord to set free the people of Israel when they were slaves in Egypt. And that happened between the years 1500 to 1400 B.C., approximately. You remember that Moses had a, a protege, his successor, Joshua. Joshua was the one conquering the land, Canaan, where the people of Israel eventually got settled. Eventually, through the years, the Israelites wanted, wanted to have a king, and eventually happened. You are talking about the year 1000 BC, when the first king came to uh, the history of the nation of Israel was Saul. You remember a few weeks ago, we talked about how Saul was rejected by God, and then David was chosen to be uh, the new king. David had a son, his son's name was Solomon. We enjoy reading the Proverbs, most of us, we read that kind of on a daily basis. And through Solomon, there were several other children. Unfortunately, the kingdom was split and became two kingdoms, the kingdom of Israel and the kingdom of Judah. That happened near the years 900 BC. Later, through the history, we found that in the years 600 to 500, the Israelites were taken captive to Babylon. After the Israelites were in Babylon, it was Ezra and Nehemiah who were chosen by, by the Lord to bring people to Jerusalem in the restoration of the temple. That was in the years 400 BC. But it was later in the year 100 when the Roman Empire came to sin. And of course, you know, the Lord Jesus, he started the new era. I want you to observe that in, in the years 900s, when the, the kingdom of Israel was split, and we have two different 
kingdoms. After that moment, there were several kings. Several kings. Today, I want to share with you some wonderful things that happened in the life of one of those kings. His name is Hezekiah. And he was part of the kingdom of, of Judah. This is a passage in the second, second Chronicles 29, verse 1 and 2, that uh, tells us what happened with Hezekiah. He became king when he was 25 years old. He ruled 29 years in Jerusalem. He did what the Lord wanted him to do. He did what was right, just as David, his ancestor, had done. You are talking the year 741 through 686 BC. But this is the guy that we are going to talk about today. And uh, I want you to come with me in this amazing study of 10 outstanding acts from King Hezekiah. He did amazing things. So I hope you are ready to write and come with me in this journey. The first amazing act or outstanding act from King Hezekiah is in 2 Chronicles 29.3. The scripture declares that Hezekiah repaired the doors of the Lord's temple and made them strong. He opened the temple again. He did this in the first month of the first year after he became king. So what is the first outstanding act of Hezekiah? He gave to the house of God the importance that deserves. It deserves the importance of the house of the Lord, the importance of the temple, which in our days will be the importance of the kingdom of the Lord in our lives. And of course, the importance of church in our lives. The second outstanding act is in 2 Chronicles 29.5. He said to the Levites, Make the temple of the Lord God ready for holy service. He is the God your ancestors obeyed. Take away the things from the temple that don't belong in there. These things make the temple unclean. So the second outstanding act was to purify the temple. It was a total cleanup. Think, taking away what didn't belong to the temple and just moving it out. So think about this. If we are trying to do the right thing, the first thing is the house of God, church, and giving the importance to the kingdom of God. The second thing is that we are going to remove everything that is unclean from our lives. We remove that. The third outstanding act is in 2 Chronicles 29.10. So now I, Hezekiah, have decided to make an agreement with the Lord, the God of Israel. Then he will not be angry with us anymore. So the third outstanding act is that Hezekiah decided to make an agreement with the Lord. Which means commitment. Commitment. And you know what, guys? Each one of you that is here today, and of course those who are part of the church that for whatever reason couldn't come today, but are committed to the church, I applaud you and I say to you guys, good job. Good job for, for seeking the kingdom of God. Because that was the third thing Hezekiah did. He gave him the, to the church the importance to the kingdom of God, right? The second thing, he cleaned up what is wrong, gotta go. And then made an agreement. He committed to the Lord. The fourth outstanding act is in 2 Chronicles 29.20. King Hezekiah gathered the city officials and went up to the temple of the Lord early, early the next morning. You see, it's about the, the, the fact of going to church and coming on time. It says he went early in the morning. You know, each one of you that is here before the service, I, I am so happy to see you here. You know, regardless, and even those who come late, I always say, it's better late than never. But you know what? This king, watch what he did. He gave to the church, to the kingdom of the Lord, the importance, right? He cleaned up the temple. And now he made an agreement. He said, I'm going to go to the church. I'm going to go to worship God. And then 
the time came to get up and go early in the morning. The fifth outstanding act, 2 Chronicles 29, 21. It says that all of them brought seven bulls, seven rams, seven lambs, and seven young male goats. These animals were for a sin offering for the kingdom of Judah, for the holy place to make it clean, and for the people of Judah. It is part of the tradition at that point, of the law at that point, to bring a sin offering. Now we believers, we don't need to bring a sin offering. Because we already had the perfect Lamb of God. But we need to claim that blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. When we sin, when we, when we know that we are doing what is wrong and we, we need the forgiveness of the Lord, we just come to Him with total confidence and say, Father, I have sinned. I'm sorry, Lord. I have sinned. I, I messed up. But I need your forgiveness one more time. But we don't need to go and do any sacrificial things there. We just need to claim the sacrificial death of our Lord Jesus Christ. And say, thank you, Lord, for your son, Jesus. May the blood of your son, Jesus, wash away my sins. And thank you for your forgiveness. Sixth, 2 Chronicles 29, 25. King Hezekiah put the Levites in the Lord's temple with cymbals, harps, and lures, and David, as David and Gad and the king's seer and the prophet Nathan had commanded. It was all about the music. You know, any, any believer has to understand the importance of worshiping the Lord and preparing the music to serve God. And there are instruments here involved on this. Because it was necessary to present themselves before the Lord with this worship. The seventh outstanding act is in 2 Chronicles 29-27. When the burnt offering began, singing to the Lord also began. The trumpets were blown and the instruments of David, king of Israel, were played. You know, once we know that we are forgiven, you know, we, we just can control ourselves in gratitude by singing to the Lord. You know, so many people say to me, you know, I, I don't sing well. You know, I have trouble to sing. I don't think that I can sing, really, or play an instrument. You know, I'm not musically inclined. And I say to each one of them, it doesn't matter because what the Lord is really listening is to your heart because when you are singing to the Lord and we are grateful and you you have this gratitude for what the Lord is doing in your life you just say I'm gonna sing to the Lord and you sing to him and you are happy and grateful that you can do that eighth outstanding thing that Hezekiah did second Chronicles 29 from verse 29 through 30 after the sacrifices were finished, King Hezekiah and all the people with him bowed down and worshipped. They sang songs that David and Asaph the seer had written. They praised God and became happy. They all bowed and worshipped God. You see, it's not just about the singing. It's the, the physical demonstration of our worship to God. That's why when we are here and we are singing to the Lord and we worship and we lift up our hands, you know, God, you know, the, the Lord God, he, he likes that. He sees that respect. You know, when, when we bow down before his presence, you know, when you guys, when we guys are praying in, in our homes and we are in, on our knees and when we are in our knees and we just lift up our hands there and we say, thank you, Lord, for another day. That is wonderful. Part of worshiping the Lord is that, that we bow down before Him and we present to Him our hearts, our lives in gratitude. That is also worship. The ninth outstanding act, 2 Chronicles 29, 31. Hezekiah said, Now 
You people of Judah have given yourselves to the Lord. Yourselves to the Lord. Come near and bring sacrifices and thank, thank offerings to the Lord's temple. Then the people brought sacrifices and thank offerings. Anyone who wanted to also brought burnt offerings. Which is what? You know, after we, we put the, the, the kingdom of the Lord as the number one in our lives. We clean up the thing. We make an agreement. We commit to, to the Lord. We come to church. We sing to Him. We worship Him. We bow before the Lord. We receive His forgiveness. And all that that we sing and we are so grateful. There is a moment where we are going to present the Lord our offerings. You know, so, some people just don't get it. Some people just think that giving to the church, it is something strange that they shouldn't do. That, you know, it's like someone is taking advantage of them. You guys, you know, when you are really moved and touched by the Lord, when you really, your eyes are open to the reality of his kingdom. And what really matters in this life and in this world, then you think, I need to give to the Lord something. I have to. It is it's a big need. And it comes out of gratitude. You just are so grateful. And you say, Lord, here is what I bring to you. The tenth outstanding act in 2 Chronicles 29-36. Hezekiah and the people were very happy about the things God prepared for his people. And they were happy he did it so quickly. You know, but because this is one, one of the things. And especially for those who are watching. It, my friend, you watching. You are thinking, you know, I, I feel excited. I think this is the right thing to do. I should do things like Hezekiah did. It, you know what? You need to do it and do it quickly. You don't need to think too much about it. You know, when the Lord is, is talking to you. And you know it's the time to do some things for the Lord. Don't, don't think too much about it. You just obey that calling from God. Whether it's purifying yourself and saying, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to commit to the Lord. I'm going to commit to the church. I'm going to go to the church and I'll be there before the services start. I am going to, to give to the Lord his offerings. I am going to be singing to him. I am going to read the Bible. I am going to do these things. And you know what? You will experience joy. You will be happy with the Lord. That, that is something beautiful. But you need to do it quickly. Because when you are thinking about it, you, you will never do it. You are just thinking, yeah, I'm thinking I'm going to go to church. Yeah, I'm going to give some money to the Lord one day. Yeah, yeah. You're just thinking and thinking and thinking and you don't do it. You know, you can regret it. Let's learn from Hezekiah, this king. Wonderful things that he did. You have your bulletin. Let's turn the page. There are more scriptures and other things to learn about Hezekiah. Second Chronicles 31, 21. He had success in every work he began. The service of God's temple and in obeying the law and commands and in following his God. Hezekiah did all these things with all his heart. You know, whatever you do for God, do it with all of your heart. Be sincere with all of your heart. Whatever you do for the Lord, whatever you give to the Lord, you just do it with sincerity, with all of your heart. Hezekiah did the same thing. And 2 Chronicles 32.1 says that after Hezekiah had faithfully done everything the Lord commanded. <laughs> after he had faithfully done everything to the Lord that the Lord commanded. After that, Sennacherib of Assyria came to attack the country of Judah. He and, he and his army camped outside the fortress. You know, after you do everything right, 
After you are okay with the Lord, after you are doing the right thing, after everything is said and done and you are happy, you worshiped, you gave, you went, you did, you are in perfect condition. You fulfill everything. You did everything faithfully. Then is when this potential attack can happen to you. And there's where a lot of people fail. They say, you know what? One day I did things right with the Lord. I remember those days. I went to the church. I did the right thing. I gave money to the Lord. I was faithful to Him. You know, I worshiped Him. I bowed down and I prayed for hours. And I was happy with the Lord. But something happened and destroyed me. Well, it, it's possible that that happened to you. Because attacks can come to you. But let's read and learn what happens. How we can protect ourselves and fight. Let's, let's, hear, let's read. Verse 6 and 7. Hezekiah chose officers of war to be in charge of the people. He met these officers at the open place near the city gate. He talked to the officers and encouraged them. He said, be strong and brave. Don't be afraid or worry about the king of Assyria or the large army with him. There is a greater power with us than them. What is the first thing we do when we know there is an attack? We need to speak to the people around us and telling them, don't worry. There is a greater power with us than with them. And when you are hearing yourself saying those things, you will see how your faith will grow. Let's continue reading. Verse 8. We have the Lord our God with us. Our God will help us. He will fight our battles. So King Hezekiah of Judah encouraged the people and made them feel stronger. Can you imagine that every time you have a struggle, that every time there is an attack, can you imagine that you could stand in front of people and say, We have the Lord our God with us. Our God will help us. He will fight our battles. Can you imagine saying those things? We have the Lord our God with us. Our God will help us. He will fight our battles. That is key in life. You do what is right. You serve the Lord. You do everything faithfully. The attack can come, but you are going to speak words of faith like this. Verse 17, the king of Assyria also wrote letters that insulted the Lord, the God of Israel. This is what he said in those letters. <laughs> the gods of the other nations could not stop me from destroying their people. In the same way, Hezekiah's God will not be able to stop me from destroying his people. The enemy can tell you things like, you know what? That family couldn't survive. That believer couldn't survive. That marriage couldn't survive. You know, that company couldn't survive. They lost their job. They lost their house. They lost their lives. They lost, they lost their health. They lost their child. They lost this. They lost that. You know, the attack of the enemy through words. <laughs> Second Chronicles 32.20 Hezekiah the king and the prophet Isaiah prayed about this problem. They prayed. What? They prayed, what? Very loudly. Very loudly to heaven. People say to me all the time, Gian, you are all the time telling us that we need to pray out loud. But I don't see that in the Bible. Well, maybe they haven't read this verse. I don't see why I have to say my prayers. You know, God can hear my, my thoughts. He can see my mind. He sees my heart. That's, that's it. Well, no, it's not it. It's not it. Because even though he can see our thoughts and read our minds and see our hearts, he wants to hear our voices. I don't care what kind of problems you have. I don't care how difficult the situation it is. But you must be on your knees praying to God and pray very loudly to heaven. And what is what they said? Lord, this guy, Sennacherib, wants to kill us. 
What are we going to do? He has a large army. You, you can say things like that. Lord, those companies are closing doors. The economy is very difficult. You know, these viruses and so many infirmities all over and those problems and this and that. Father, but we trust in you, Lord. Father, we trust in you, Lord. If you only could get up every day and say those prayers out loud and say, God, I trust in you, Lord. You will fight my battles, Lord. You know what happened after that? Verse 21. Then the Lord sent an angel to the king of Assyria's camp. That angel killed, killed all the soldiers, leaders, and officers in the Assyrian army. So the king of Assyria went back home to his own country and his people were ashamed of him. He went into the temple of his God and some of his own sons killed him there with a sword. The God... Of Israel, our God is going to fight for us. The Lord is going to fight for you. But how all this started, guys? Ten outstanding acts from King Hezekiah. Priority is God, the temple, church, the Lord Jesus Christ. Given to him, worshiping him, singing to him. Fully committed. Coming on time. Early in the morning to church. Then you are prepared. Then you will be able to pray and say. Father help me with this problem. My body is just aching. I just don't understand. What can I do with this financial situation. Lord it's so complex the businesses. Right now. The situation. The economy. And all those things father. But I trust in you. And you keep saying your prayers. Very loudly. You trust in the Lord. You tell him what you need. You tell them about your problems. You say to him that you trust in him. And you speak to your people. And you say our God is going to fight our battles. And then you're going to see the power of God in your life. And look what happens here. The enemy was, was destroyed. Killed. Verse 22. So the Lord saved Hezekiah and the people in Jerusalem. From Sennacherib and from all other people, the Lord God cared for Hezekiah and the people of Jerusalem. Of course, the Lord will care for you. The Lord will care for everyone who is always depending and relying on him. The Lord will protect those who are praying all the time. The Lord will bless those people that are trusting in him. The Lord is going to be with those who cry out to him day and night, day and night. Day after day after day after day. He is faithful. He is going to help his people. Because he loves his people. We saw this graph. All those kings you know. Throughout the history of. The kingdom of Israel and Judah. You, you read in the scripture. The same story. Constantly. And this king, the son of son, or whatever, did what was wrong in the eyes of God. And the end was a disaster. And then there was one that was okay. But then the next king did the wrong things in the eyes of God. You know, you see that constantly in history. And you see that in your life as well. There were seasons in your life that you were worshiping the right king. There are many seasons in, in our lifetime. And each season there is a king. You go back to your own story. You go back in your lifetime line. And you see what happened. And you see the disaster. You see the failure. You see the loss. You see all that. Who was the king then? Who was the king then? Friend. Who was the king when you lost what you cared the most? Who was the king? Who was the one that you were worshipping? And more importantly is. Do you really still wonder. Why some of those seasons you lost battles? 
Well, you know, I, I, I really don't understand, you know, I was doing this and that, but, but then I lost this and then I lost that. Do you really still wonder why? Do you really still wonder why you lost those battles? Friends, do you really think about it? Well, you already know the answer. Because we honestly, we know the answer. The answer is that we were not worshipping the king of kings. That is the answer. That's why we lost those battles. Now, would you like to see God giving you the victory? That, that is the other important question today. Would you like to see God giving you the victory? Would you like to see God moving in your life? Restoring your soul, restoring your relationships, restoring your, your health, your finances, your business, your family, everything, your spiritual life, restoring your ministry, restoring everything in your life. That is what you want? Well, what is the answer? <laughs> and out of all the battles that we have in our lifetime, what is the most important battle? It's the battle of eternity. The battle of having eternal life in the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you have never given your life to the Lord, this is the day. And I invite you, open your heart to Him. And confess your sins before the Lord. And, and tell the Lord, Lord, I'm sorry. I am sorry. I have failed to you. Help me. I need you to help me to change. Because you want to experience eternal life. You want to have eternal life. That is what we all want. And then we can process the first commandment in Exodus 20 to 3. When he says, I am the Lord your God. I am the one who freed you from the land where you were slaves. You must not worship any other gods except me. Then we will say, you, you are absolutely right, Lord. You have to be the king in my life. Not other people. Not me. Not my flesh. Not my desires. Not my spouse. Not my boss. Not my employer. Not my this or that. Not you, Lord. You must rule in my life. I want you to listen with me this song. And if you know the song, sing with me. We bow down before you, Lord. That's why we surrender. We worship you, Lord. We want you to be king in our lives. I hunger and thirst. Oh, yes, Lord. I hunger and thirst. Arms stretched wide, I know you hear my cry. To speak to me now, to speak to me now. I surrender. I surrender. I wanna know you. I wanna know you more. I surrender. I surrender. 